is a blend of dry herbs and ooh, I cannot even remember the strain I got. It came from this matcha. I also brought y'all a packet of them tea leaves that I love. That that, mm. that yeah. Love. Yeah. This tastes so So what? <laughs> oh, lemon tree, that's what it's called. It's lemon tree. Citrus. But there's some lavender and rose in there. It's so good. <laughs> like I'm like tasting it, tasting it, tasting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a stronger version of tea. Mm. Cause you know how sometimes Ooh, tea, I like that. Smoke your tea. Tea smoke your tea. Yeah. Smoke your herbs. That's episode one title. Fun fact. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, simple plug to Teresa from Tea Times. Where? Yeah, she came on there and we talked all about like how she started her business and why she loves herbs so much. Like she grows them. We had like men on the farm and stuff. Ooh. And like so also like the ritual. Yeah. That's why I'm that's why I was like, it tastes so it's so yeah. There's so much taste. Yeah. Like I've been really into like curating blunts lately, like I've got some CBD oil. Sometimes I'll soak my wraps in, and then I use different flavors, different herbs. Oh, I'm thinking when I get my garden up, that maybe I'll like take those blunt wrap. I mean, blunts to another level. How big's your garden? What's that? I want to see your garden. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty it's small, small, but it's nice. Taste something like sweet, like brown sugary kind. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe oh. I'm like chipping, but <laughs> I taste all sorts of stuff in there, so I wouldn't be too surprised. It's I definitely some kind of like desserty, like mm. caramelly, like something. I ain't got that out. That one yet. <laughs> I mean, that. we can cut that part keep... out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel like we really do all taste different stuff, though. Whether it be oh. coffee or weed, like yeah. we can't all be tasting hibiscus. Like, come on, that's so specific. It's like some people got the cilantro gene. Uh, some... yeah, you either love it or hate it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> How you how you feel about it? You don't like it? It's a good spice. No, I like it. I definitely don't have the like the soap, you know, taste. Yeah, I don't. When people say that, I'm like, "Mm." whatever. How how you feel like? Cause that. Cause I just feel like it sucks to be them. Like no Mm. offense, but like, sorry, missing out. Yeah. So what was in that? It's a blend. Actually, I might have the case with me of the blend. I got it online because. I hadn't had my list of herbs to get in town yet, but I got them. <laughs> I got this. That's what I've been what using. What the heck? You got, like, wait a minute. Y'all can't see this stuff, but, like, we got, like, stickers. Like, this is branded as hell. This is not me. This is something I found on online. I started smoking way less since I started creating, like, basically. Raspberry. And mullein and rose petals and mugwort and lavender and damiana and passion flower and motherwort and catnip and St. John's wort. And I can't see the last one. Dang. This tastes fantastic. Passion flower. I taste that too. Mm. My sis put me onto that like years ago. And this then is everything. I started like smoking less we'll get into like the thc pills but i started smoking like a way less and so instead of putting full flour mm-hmm. cannabis in my blunts i started mixing them somewhat maybe i would say two to one actually 
two oh. herbs, one flower, yeah. and I feel just as medicated, but I don't, like, I just don't consume as much, which feels good. Also, dr- I've learned, like, over the years that smoking dry herbs like that, it's like, you don't get necessarily a high, but there's, like, I don't know, it, it opens me up in a way. I don't know if anybody else has, like, experienced that, but it definitely, like, opens me up both mentally and, like... No, for yeah. real. Like, I feel, like, so calm. Yeah. Because smoking is a calm act. Like, there's a reason yeah, why people like a... do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's just, like, with the herbs, like, they're just so soothing to the throat. It really feels like smoking tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also we drink tea. We smoke tea. We talk about tea. <laughs> We're with tea. Mm-hmm. Maybe this episode is going to be, like, titled some sort of pun with tea in it. I'm okay with that. I feel like at this point I could get into your bio. Yeah, go for it. All right. So, T is a St. Louis native, born and raised in North City. In 2012, they moved across the state and studied multimedia journalism. After the verdict denied Mike Brown justice, T sprung into action on and off campus, creating space for students to start conversations about racism. T continued their community organizing throughout Southwest Missouri, giving voice and space to the marginalized, from black folks to trans kids and the homeless. As 2020 came to a close, burnout and the dangers of organizing in what was once noted as the whitest county in America (laughs) pushed T to seek refuge in a remote space. Sheesh. There, they fell in love with cannabis and learned to grow from seed to smoke. They obtained their cultivator's license and studied the plant as much as possible while contributing to a sizable garden. Unfortunately, T then had to take refuge again, and they moved back home after 10 years in September 2022. Wow, you really just got back. Really just got back. Like, I think we just hit six months, maybe? Sheesh. Yeah, it's, been, it's wild. <laughs> feels like yes like that's that time feels real and then it feels like wait where did he go damn wow and since being home they've begun revamping their garden (laughs) and developing cannabis products like edibles and thc pills which are fantastic by the way y'all thanks branded as dope boy healer tea grows all organic cannabis and is focused on creating medicine space and access for black folks to interact and learn about the plant as a portal of consciousness and healing. Oh, that's a bar. <laughs> okay, let's open up the portal of consciousness and healing. <laughs> I don't know if you realized it, but I used to call this bathroom space the portal when I first moved in and got this grow light mm. because I'd smoke yeah. and then sit here and just think about how the world could be so much different. And it just felt like because I was always getting elevated in here, it was always my special space that was like away from everything else that like it was my portal. Yeah. So I feel that. I definitely feel that right in there. You feel the portal yeah. vibes? Yeah. Like I feel ay. like that, you know, intentional. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so like first off, let's just get into it. Let's go. You've been on the run. Like Harriet, like <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde, like <laughs> who else was on the run? Like Asada, like oh, wow, wow. on the run, like yeah. Shikari, Richardson, yeah. like <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a journey. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know where to start, but um, I don't know. I, I think, like, even just in the six months, I think it's the longer I've been away from it and, like, home, mm-hmm. the more I've been able to realize, like, wow, I survived that. Um, yeah. 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 For real. So just, I'm, I don't know, just very, very grateful for life and the opportunity to make an impact mm-hmm. in the space. So I'm grateful you're here. God forsaken, it felt like. <laughs> for real, for real. For real. And like, I guess like getting into your journey, like when in your time, like when did you first come in contact with the plant? Like, gotcha. was it before, yeah, yeah. like, all the activism stuff went down? Yeah, for or, sure. So, you know? I had my first hit. I was, like, 12. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. I was in a gangway of my house. Mm-hmm. My big brody. You said 12. 12, yes. I, you know, I've been out here. <laughs> You've been out here. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, my big brody, uh, mm-hmm. he, I begged him for so while, for so long. Be like, my parents but we grew up super conservative <laughs> they would never and you okay were 12 and I, was, and I was 12 <laughs> and he let me hit it and I was like oh, you could I was choking but you couldn't tell me shit <laughs> I was like I'm that dude <laughs> uh, but that was the first time I like came in contact with cannabis um, really didn't start smoking regularly until hmm about sophomore year of high school, I would say. Okay. By that point, I was smoking, like, every day before school. Wow. Um, if I couldn't get a hold to it, <laughs> I went to Gateway. Uh, if I couldn't get a hold to weed, it was very likely that you could go to school, and by the time you got to the fourth floor, you was high. Damn. <laughs> Damn. So, like, that was kind of my experience. It was high boxing yeah. in 10th grade? Yeah, so you can go up to Sturwell, like, you know, from bottom to top, and then by the time you got up there, you was, you was, you was set. <laughs> Sheesh. Sheesh. So that was a little bit, that's just, like, a little bit of, like, what cannabis is or has been, I guess, in my childhood. I kind of took quite a bit of a break when I got, like, went to college because it was so conservative. Um, I didn't know anybody there. Like, and I felt like the dangers of being around it, even just on campus, whether it was, I mean, I got away with it after a while, but I was so terrified of being black and high or even talking about it in that space um, for probably the first couple of years of college. And then I was able to move off campus and, you know, do my thing. But Yeah, I feel like. The dangers of being black and high. That could have been the title right there because yeah. it's like, it's just weed. Like, you told me, like, you started this when you were 12. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you weren't smoking regularly, but, like, there's a lot of things that 12-year-olds can do to mess up their life. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't want 12-year-olds to be hitting nobody's blunt. No. But if they are, <laughs> if they are, yeah, like... It's so innocent, and I think, like, you know, kids just be getting into shit. Kids are bad. Like, let's be honest. There ain't no such thing as a kid who ain't did something that they wasn't supposed to do. And, like, the thought that, like, something so, like, innocent could, like, really, like, mess up your life. Like, that's, like, that's crazy that you were even at risk for it. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, okay, we're we're going to stay in order. I'm going to try to stay on <laughs> okay, track. Okay, okay. So, you went from 
okay, you were young, mm -hmm. growing up, school, was doing it in high school, took a break in college. So let's get into college. Yeah, um, I guess I had maybe gotten comfortable there. I had, you know, was around people who were also smoking, so I, I think a comfort came with that. I also feel like, looking back now, it's also when I was coming into leadership and impact and kind of, you know, being under the scope of whatever, like, local media you can imagine. And I think that definitely made me lean on it more as, like, a regular medicine. I think that's when, like, there was maybe consciousness started mm -hmm. coming into my use. Mm -hmm. I was more intentional about it. Mm -hmm. um, I still had always struggled with not knowing where it came from. Like, it always bothered me if I didn't know where it came from or if it wasn't consistent, mm -hmm. which is, like, a huge part of why mm -hmm. I grew up. Um, and so that would always bother me, but it always was like, I'd rather have it than not have it at all. For real. And so, you know, I've always had several plugs. I've always <laughs> known how to, how to get it, you know, where to get it from. Mm -hmm. uh, coming back, you know, over the years through college and so forth, all of my siblings, I think all eight of us smoke now. Like, mm. you know, like if it's a cookout, it's, it's going to be loud. loud. It's loud. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's definitely like it's just every day. But yeah. So you talking about also, okay, following the story, we in college now. Mm -hmm. And you said you started doing more high profile work. So yeah. was you doing like work before that, like in high school and stuff like that? Like how did you get interested yeah, in so, like, <laughs> the Honestly, if I'm being real Mm-hmm. Tokenism. <laughs> Tokenism. Uh, just imagine, Sheesh. like I said, like in the in the bio you read, like being noted as the whitest county in America. Um, just that alone, like mm -hmm. also the time frame we were in when I was coming into like coming into the spotlight was like Brown, then there was forty five, and then there was. You know, all of that was happening, and then you have this one or few, mm -hmm. uh, I think it might have been the first time at this, like, university, really, where there was enough momentum in the world for black students to actually, like, just take up space, like, mm -hmm. bare minimum, mm -hmm. but actually have a conversation, and I just happened to be right in that time, right in that space, mm -hmm. and, um... Because of that, you quickly are, you know, the poster child. And um, I was somewhat aware of that while it was happening. But I think what I was, like, set on, set on was just making an impact and taking up space. Um, and I did that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's kind of, I guess, what, like, the one thing that, like, might have gotten me recognition was the... Um, when Mike Brown's verdict was declared like that's what created I think a lot of fire in me to go back to campus and what was happening in the city was that they were holding hosting a um, MLK march every year mm -hmm. um, and so something I was able to lead was I I believe more than half of the university attended the MLK march mm -hmm. which at a conservative school like Evangel is absolutely unheard of. Wow. So that what that is what like put me on the scene in sort of in terms of black leaders and city leaders like taking notice of me specifically. It's like mm. who the hell do like what, right. you know, what, what like everybody's kid? going, we gotta pay attention to this. Yeah. 
Um, so that would kind of be like the, I guess the. So you weren't like you weren't like expecting like any sort of. Like, no, no, no. Oof. And even after that, my next role would have been to become the NAACP president at like twenty five. Wow. And like that happened in a space like that also created a lot of noise. And so it just well, who so it's not like I ever asked pre- president to be like. What was it supposed to be? If not you, you know the forty, fifty, something. Uh, yeah, you know mm-hmm. what nobody's mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what's mm-hmm. up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know. But um, I, I just mm-hmm. regardless of the title, regardless of uh, the position, like my focus was always to just create space. Um, I just never knew, like. <laughs> Until I got there, the reality of, like, the space that I was in. hmm Yeah. Dang. Dang. Yeah. So, while all this was going on, was you, like, chiefing to get through it? Because I feel like... <laughs> yes, every day, all day. I mean, I, it, which I'm, I look back now, and I don't know if it's because I had become who I had become, and people just didn't give a F, but, like, very much early in my term in organizing, like, I was just very fearful and this and that. And then I got to a point where I just, you know, like, if this is what I need between the meetings, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tried not to walk into places loud and things. I was challenging, like, you know, police and things like that. So I was, like, mindful. But I definitely got to a space where I was going to be mindful, but I'm not going to put it up mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's what's going to get me through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I would, I, <laughs> I would even have, like, host space with other organizers and we would just... You know, kick back, smoke, cook, mm-hmm. you know, that was our space of, of church and and rest. So, yeah, I never, I never put the plant down. I mean, I took tolerance breaks, but I never, ever, like, yeah. denied myself that. Shout out to the plant, for real. Yeah, for real. For real. Yeah. So then, you were president, okay, so... <laughs> You were president of the NAACP, or you were supposed to take president of the NAACP. You're in college. It's like Michael Brown verdict just came out. Trump's doing Trump. <laughs> and this is also the beginning of the pandemic, right? Yeah, so my term ended in 2020, like the end of 2020. Okay. So I was in George Floyd. I was in the, like, by the, yeah, it was pandemic, George Floyd. By that time, I was like beyond burned out um i had so many opportunities from city positions to like law school to mm-hmm. consulting but i mean i couldn't read a paragraph like my brain just i was just <laughs> a mess like um i not until i got really here did i realize like how much i was in survival mode constantly like mm-hmm. it was i was followed a lot by cops i was mm-hmm. followed and harassed and blackmailed and mm. blacklisted and mm. um you live in that for like years you know mm. like yeah i started a two-year term but i organized in that city for six years uh wow. to do that like wow is it takes six yeah it's a lot yeah that's insane do you think that like a lot of people are aware of like the energy it takes to organize like <laughs> to like you know, people see a protest and they see the people in the front leading it or whatever, and they kind of think like this is, this is what's it, and don't yeah. like see all the background work. Like, no, it's what I think. Like, I guess to do it all over again, like sustainability. Like, mm-hmm. people don't think about that. Mm-hmm. 
And even being young, like, I would have been in my own right. Mike Brown, I would have been like 22, 21. Wow. Like, that's young. Mm -hmm. I finished, you know, 28, 29. Like, uh, like, I was dead tired. I couldn't read. Like, that's not a state that you ever want to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yes, I'm happy for the impact, but I definitely, like, wish I would have thought about the sustainability, like how I might have taken care of myself. Do I have the community to help, excuse me, to support me, like mm-hmm. to lean on? Um, I didn't think about that. What do you think, like, do you think there's more ways that, like, as a society, we can make it easier for organizers to sustain? Because I, I think it, you know, self-care is critically important, but like you said, what if you had a community? Like, right. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's crucial. I don't think that, I don't think any organizer or anyone can, like, do anything if they don't have something backing them. Like, if you're just going at it, that stuff is exhausting, like, to your spirit, to your soul. Like, we we need to, we got to take care of each other. Um, I think one of the biggest strengths for me was just finding funding, like, I was working two jobs mm. while I was president. Wow. Like, to think about that, it's like, wow. It wasn't like, a paid position. It was not a paid position. Um, and I, you know, I tried different ways to get funding and support, and it's like, that was kind of a big decision and not running again. It's like, well, I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot do Jeez. this. Um, and then a space like that, you know, rural, white, conservative, like, the chances of finding those resources like if I didn't coordinate with organizers in Kansas City or St. Louis even just to have a cookout and just see them uh I didn't have support wow you know and those people I didn't see those people every day they were on zoom or they were yeah when I came through to see fam like you know so it was very isolating yeah yeah I imagine so okay so I think now we're like, we're getting at the apex. All of this stuff's going on. 2020's happening and you stepped down. Mm-hmm. Okay, what happens? I stepped down. Um, I basically kind of, for lots of reasons, decided not to pursue law school. Decided to not really pursue consulting. I was doing like a lot of diversity and inclusion projects with districts in the area Mm. or different companies was considering that as a a career path and I was so burned out like I said like I couldn't do that so I just completely switched gears and decided I was gonna go work for FedEx and think about what was next Mm. take a rest see law not answer phones and emails Mm -hmm. like also just like a side note I'm introverted Mm -hmm. I love being by myself Mm mm-hmm I'll get to, like, being in the sticks and everything, but I love, like, leaving my house and nobody knows that I'm there off my goal. <laughs> I love right. that I can just pop up when I want to pop. Like, mm-hmm. I love that so much. So, mm-hmm. like, to have not really known that about myself, per se, and then just in a blink of an eye, it seems to be, like, on local news every day and <laughs> press conferences. Ooh. And, like, I just felt like so much was just taken, like, so much privacy. And yeah. Also, your 20s, like, you growing up, 24, 25. You, most 24, 25-year-olds are not running board meetings and just sitting on board. They're, that's just not the reality. Uh, but that was my reality. Yeah. Um, 
So I tried to go to to FedEx, and mind you, everybody knows in this small place knows who I am pretty much. Um, so when I say I was blacklisted, most of the time I applied for a job, people knew who I was by the interview. Wow. Um, and that could be most of the time it was a bad thing. <laughs> um, I was either like super tokenized or I was just not hired, harassed, whatever. Um, and so that kind of is what ended kind of my space there. And so I kind of got into a point where I was like, I'm just going to do gig work, find out how to make money for myself, um, and, and heal. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, my ex put me in a very dangerous situation mm-hmm. and I had to run. Um, mm. at that time I still was very much, I felt like followed and so forth. Uh, low key profile wasn't like in the media or anything, but I think just being there was just dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. so I ran like 20 miles West and like basically just couldn't work. Wow. Everything shifted. Like I lost my car, my house, uh, like everything. <laughs> ended on the sticks, gathered what I could get from my spot, and um, sat there for about 10 months, was introduced to the plants, and like when I got there, mm-hmm. um, these folks were growing weed in the basement. And So did you have a connection? Like, how did you... They, so, I can't say much, but what I can say is mm-hmm. what you're was right, presented... You're right, you're right. What was presented to me was a refuge for organizers. Wow. Uh-huh. And also being like in the just like the thick reality of what I was going through. Uh, I was being harassed and followed by cops. My white passing ex had like basically chased me mm-hmm. out of my home. Mm-hmm. Um and so it just was not safe for my black ass to be mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just out here. Um, and so that costed me a lot financially, like, you know, I had to pay to get all these things organized. And to me, in terms of what was presented, it made more sense for me to just be still in the middle of nowhere than to be running around trying to figure out what's next Mm -hmm. and knowing that my mental was not, I was taking psychedelics, we can talk about that, Mm. Uh, but I was taking psychedelics, um, about the time I started FedEx because I was just, I could not sleep. I could not eat. Wow. Uh, my mental state was just that bad from surviving. Mm. Um, and so by the time I had been chased out to the sticks, I was just, I needed to be still. Mm. I mean, I hated that these were some, you know, old white progressive, I say that with air quotes, <laughs> people, you know, but to me it was just like a space. Mm-hmm. These are the only motherfuckers I gotta see. That's cool. There was mm-hmm. dogs. There was goats. I could live on the land. Mm-hmm. I could grow like 60, 70, 80 plants at a time. Like, wow. We were, I was li- like, yes, there was some trauma there, but I was living. Like, wow. sleeping under the stars, cooking outside, wow. hunting. Like, I was just, this, I was like, this is what. See, bear gorilla this is what I shit on you. <laughs> what you said? I said bear gorilla singing shit on you. <laughs> Look, people be out there sticks fighting for their lives, not even just on some, on some Survivor TV stuff. Like, yeah. it was. It was wow. I learned so much. Um, but when I got there, in terms of cannabis, so I remember crying so many times, like mm. because of the wealth, like. These people were just growing it. They didn't know what they was doing. It was just growing it. When I got <laughs> there, they were taking. They had trash bags of trim, 
Right now, what you have before you, both my edibles for pills and uh, Rice Krispie treats, are mm-hmm. all made from trim. Mm-hmm. I don't touch the flour. Like, it's the most crystallized mm-hmm. part that's left over. They were throwing that stuff away. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will buy them and fill them, you know, with their pre-rolls and so forth. I feel my, here you go. I fill my pre-rolls with my best product, but, you know, that's an easy sale for a lot of people. Um, so when I got there, that's kind of the state of the garden. It was like a strain that they had found off the street and wow. they had done their best with it, but, you know, not knowledgeable. And I'm like, okay. So when I got there, I ordered, I sourced out plant, like seeds. Um, I really wow. was into sativas, which that's pretty much all I've grown until now. So you got there and you were like, y'all don't know, like, Which this I is got. like a whole, like... This is an empire. Is what this I, is yeah. an empire. Yeah, that's what I told them. This is an empire. This is a business operation. Yes. And they have the right person yeah, there. right. Like, that's big buddy. If you can organize and run in those different spaces, man, you out in the farm with a bunch of weed plants. Yeah. It was, yeah, so I just started right off. I just wow. started concentrating. Uh, I was able to get, you know, a THC reader. Pretty much unlimited resources, and I mean, we started right, recycle. Like my goal was to recycle every part of the plant. Mm. And to this day, if it's not composted or it's not cooked in, like it's it's used Ay. in some way. I make teas. I Ay. make all kinds of things. Um, that's important to me. <laughs> every leaf that comes off is composted. Mm. Mm. So when you were out there, like in in the sticks, like. <laughs> Was it like that, like you saw people using like every bit of what they had or was it just like, that was just something you picked up? No, that's just something I wanted to do. In fact, I felt like they were pretty wasteful, Uh Uh, which I I think is like what like really vexed my spirit was Mm -hmm. just like this, especially to claim to be helping is Mm -hmm. like, how do you have all this land and say you're helping and like you're hoarding? The size of the city that was nearby, like, they could live off of it. Mm. People could literally live off of it if they produced. Mm. Um, and so, like, that is just, like, that just hurt me. <laughs> it was just, like, um, even the things that I was interested in, like, hunting and things, weren't things that they were actually doing. It was just things that I had gotten into, ah. by, so like, just by being out there. Um, were just things that I was, you know... I'm going to learn this, okay? He didn't use it, but his son had, or one of his nephews had set up like a, basically a, a hideout where he can hunt deer on the land. Wow. And so I would, I was like, yo, nah, I'm just going to follow so you. So you do that. Jerky and. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Ah, your face. <laughs> Are you excited or are you like, wait? No, I like <laughs> deer jerky. Okay, yeah. Like, I'm from it. Pennsylvania, so where? like, oh, okay. we have an overpopulation of deer. So people hunting deer is like common and like a good thing because then people like eat it and yeah, use it and right. it's not like weird or anything like That's that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I'm going up more. Outlet. Oh, word. <laughs> I'm feeling good. It's a podcast. Like we have to. We have to keep the smoke. We have to keep the smoke. But I don't want to like. I don't want to glance over the fact that like you've mentioned multiple points of like encountering violence like in your journey Mm. like violence that was like you didn't deserve you didn't expect and it was also like you were like in your youth so (laughs) like how that just like (sighs) does so much to marginalized folk like Mm -hmm. i feel like we can't gloss over that because lord like Mm. 
it's just something that I just, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I have words to like comfort, but just to just say like this really, like this is reality. Like that's ass. Yeah. Like that's ass. Like it's a part of so many of our stories. Like it's insane. Yeah. It's normalized. Sweet. Like, yeah. I think that's been the biggest like yeah. takeaway for me is just like how much we've normalized surviving. How much we've normalized pain and suffering, and um, really, like when it comes to self healing and choosing self, like is this sustainable? Like, what is it doing? What am I paying? What am I sacrificing yeah. <laughs> in the process of this? And it doesn't mean that the work doesn't need to be done, but how how are we gonna frame it? How are we gonna go about it? For real, yeah, for real. But then, you know, I found plants and that's my way. <laughs> you know what? I think that's, I think that's like something I'm starting to notice is like, I don't know. A lot of people who do good work for the world smoke a lot of weed hmm. or will ingest or farm or garden or just yeah. be into plants. I mean, not even just marijuana plants, just any type yeah. of plants. It's, yeah. That's the heal. Like, I don't know. I feel like I was able to build a relationship Mm. like that's what growing is to me it's like mm. I, I mean <laughs> we would like leave music on I still do this <gasps> oh, leave music on for the plants like, they, like they, talk they, to them yeah. like I really like I be like my ladies and my babies you know like no, for, for, real. Real. Like, for real it's a real relationship and when I study them like I you seen the strain profile like I take yeah. a week with every strain after it's done, and like that's all I smoke or ingest. Hell and like yeah. I build a relationship with, Hell yeah. you know, with that strain, so that I'm able to communicate that with, you know, with clients and so forth. But yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a relationship. We're also interconnected, like us and plants. <laughs> like that stuff is like it's crazy. Yeah. 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 So, let's continue this story. <laughs> you was out there. Mm-hmm. In the boonies, mm-hmm. growing, operating, like yeah. driving tractors, that driving was, tractors. That was so fun. He was not driving tractors. Yeah, like a so weed the, farmer in the sticks driving. Yeah, tractors. so 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 on this land we had like basically the water. Um, it was like a well system, if you know what that is. And so we we had to feed uh-huh. the fire, like in the stove to keep the water hot. Yeah, so you have to gather heat, you know, gather wood. And so on 40 acres, you can imagine there's lots of trees. And so we would go gather the dead trees or knock down trees that were dying. And so we often mm-hmm. used a loader or a tractor to do that. And so it was pretty fucking amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you're ready to give after the sticks oh, right I, now. Like, I'm so, like, I am grateful that I, like, survived and I'm, you know, got this space and time to remap. But, like, mm-hmm. my goal is to buy land and mm-hmm. be in the middle of nowhere. You know, ah. yeah, bonfires that are like, huge. yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, good Thanks. times, good Thanks. times. Oof. But that's the dream. <laughs> Growing what you eat, do you like also do you grow anything besides weed? Not right now, but I did have a chance to like get into that a little bit out there. Mm-hmm. Um, growing peppers and like produce and things like that. Um, I really enjoy that. I want to get back to that as well. Um, but no, not right now. Food off the land just be tasting. It's so much better. So much better. <sighs> so much better. Ugh. So when you was out there, was you eating like stuff that other people grew? Or did they have grocery stores? Yeah, we did. We got to a point that they had grocery stores. Mm-hmm. But like, 
the way that I feel like we shopped and it was just like fresh, like we bought what we wanted that day or that week. Wow. Yeah, especially when it came to like the proteins. Oh. Uh, produce by the time you know if it was warm. I was usually, even if they weren't operating off some type of community garden system with the people that I built relationships with before, Mm -hmm. and then later on, we were able to swap different things, you know, in season. Um, So, yeah, I tried as much to, like, eat off the land. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I love a good community garden. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like you've talked a good bit also about, like, healing with the plant and with food and with growing so are there other healing modalities that you use Hmm. i think i mentioned psychedelics earlier oh yeah yeah let's double back let's double back yeah so i don't know i've always been like i'm gonna try anything (laughs) like (laughs) you know as far as psychedelics and and natural things anyway like i'm Mm -hmm. i'm definitely down and open Mm-hmm. I look at them as a portal. Mm-hmm. If anything comes from the earth for me, it is, it's a portal to be Ooh. closer to creation, to okay. God, okay. universe. Um, and so that's just kind of how I view psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, I had a good friend who, um, dear, dear friend, who like was basically like my, I don't know, I call him my bodyguard. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Real friend who like helped me through all of that. And he had a lot of experience with psychedelics. And so... I asked him to, like, do my first trip, like, with him. Um, I think we did. It was acid. Yeah, we did acid. So you had a whole guide. Yeah. And so we went out to his grandpa's land, like, way, way, like, probably more off-grid than where I was. Mm-hmm. And just tripped, like, wow. in, in, in nature. It was so awesome. Mm. Mm, like, it was hot. <laughs> but it was so nice. Um and that was my first, first experience. And then I noticed mm-hmm. I was able to sleep and I got into a little bit of appetite back. Mm-hmm. And some of these things I hadn't even realized that like what were bothering me or were symptoms of like being so traumatized. And mm-hmm. Once I realized it was doing that for me, I was just like, okay, I gotta, I never stopped weed or anything, but I was like, I gotta keep doing this. Right. It's, Another medicine. It was like. I, was, I just felt like a sense of sanity that I just had not, mm. and calmness that I just had not experienced in a while. And so, um, since then on, I started experimenting with, <laughs> uh, I would say I am definitely an acid head, like, mm. by far, like, What's that is head? my choice, which is interesting. I feel like that's definitely required. Like, most people are like, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> like, how the hell do you stay high for 12 hours? Are you okay? I'm like, I don't know. It's just amazing. <laughs> um... So, yeah, I mean, I had gotten to the point, I think I could maintain about a trip every month. If I was like, when I first got back here and coming up like away, I was tripping like every week. Mm. Like I needed it that bad. Um, I'm now to a point, thanks to my THC pills, where I can trip like whenever I want. It's not even like a, I don't feel like I need it as much. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What they, what, what, what I think. Psychedelics do for me is it keeps my anxiety at bay. Um, it completely takes away depression. Mm. Um, it allows me to sleep mm. and like keeps the the nightmares, the PTSD, the flashing. Like it, it keep like takes that away wow. from me. Um, and it lasts. I mean, two, like I can still feel the effects of it after a week or so. Wow. 
Um, so that's like, it really is medicine. Um, I'm to a point now, like I said, it's pretty much microdosing, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's what it, that's mm-hmm. like, that's what it does for me. But I've, I've tried, uh, shrooms, DMT, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a few, a few. Yeah. I saw some meme about um the moment they start you know legalizing all these recre- recreational drugs to be in like the like medicinal market there's gonna be like the cute little like dmt packages and like it looks like a night quilt container and then it's like <laughs> toad free formula uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's very interesting to like have I guess more of the perspective of like Western medicine where you know mm. what is like standard and proper and correct, but yeah. also like see people's lives be impacted so deeply mm-hmm. and so like richly and also so like I guess complexly by like quote unquote street drugs. Mm. It's like, yeah, can we talk about it? Because let's be honest, people are gonna like try different things to help them. They don't right. have access yeah. to Western medicine. Yeah, that's like, kind of how I, you know, between either not having health care or access to it. Like, he was on the run. Yeah. He was like, on the run. You can't just get a, a prescription when you're on the run. <laughs> exactly. Like, um, and I had gotten to, I, I don't know what medicine I was finally prescribed because I had gotten that bad in mm-hmm. most of my life. I've just denied, you know, taking medicines or all those things. Um, and so I was like, I'm done. Like. I don't know mm-hmm. what it's going to be, but I'm done with this. Something's got to give, and I don't think I've asked it. I mean, I, you know, I want people to, like, mm-hmm. black people, like, to have more conversations about not only the plant, but, like, psychedelics and, like, what they what they can do for us. Um, for real. And creating space for us to, like, partake. <laughs> that is safe. Safe. Yeah. Because, like, people are going to try stuff. They're going to get curious. They're going to have no options. They're going to do whatever. Yeah. And it's like, if we can literally just minimize the harm from people, like, trying different things, Mm -hmm. we're good. Like, we don't need to do all this demonizing stuff. Mm, This is bad. That's bad. Everything's bad. Stop criminalizing. Stop criminalizing. Yeah. Speaking of criminalized, all right, so... You know, you're St. Louis, born and raised, and you know, Legal Mode just passed. We rent recreational. It's been a big deal. They started doing sales this last week. Yeah. I guess as somebody who is is not only tapped into the legacy market, market, Mm -hmm. but also a licensed cultivator, how do you see this impacting yourself Mm -hmm. and then other people like you who have had to like... Yeah. do what they had to do in the back door and, and couldn't sell legally for all these different, like, yeah. racial and political and just everything, all these yeah. systems of oppression. Like, like, how do you see people being impacted by what is now happening with this law? Well, first off, I want to say I'm, I'm grateful, like, that the law was passed for access. Mm. Um, but at the same time, as a person who is a craft grower if you will like my goal my goal is never really to run a dispensary or anything i Mm. really just want to have a garden that i can invite black people to to learn Mm -hmm. um 
and keep growing and providing, you know, products, but that's not mm-hmm. my goal. I think it's more education and access, um, not to commercialize, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes it very difficult because, you know, Michael licensing and I don't, I don't, I don't even know what I probably need to know about all of that, right. but I do know that unless you are like seem to be very wealthy and are able to mm-hmm. get into the business that way, mm-hmm. the likelihood for you to maintain full control of your operation mm-hmm. legally <laughs> through mm-hmm. and through mm-hmm. uh, still seems pretty impossible. Like mm-hmm. it seems pretty impossible for me to like continue to do what I do and be like truly acknowledged, yeah. you know, by the state. Um, can I like, like with what I, like with my license, I can legally grow a certain amount of plants and have a certain amount of clients. As soon as I exchange cash for money, that's you know I'm crossing the line. Really? Yeah. So how does that work? Like legally, because we know realistically how things work, <laughs> but legally, we're putting people in a bind if we're saying that you can grow uh-huh. and you can caretake. Mm-hmm. And you have clients mm-hmm. who consume what you grow. Mm-hmm. How are you I, to be compensated nope, yep. for the work that you and do? That is like, do we see? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So unless you have the wealth to, you know, afford ten thousand dollar for know, a full licenses big and all license. you know, staff and all that jazz, you know, and I, and it also just completely side like that's not even what I want. I think that just puts everybody in, like, one lane. Mm -hmm. And that's, I want to, like, provide clean product. (laughs) Seed to smoke, Mm -hmm. seed to edible, whatever. You know, that's clean. And um, I think another thing Mm -hmm. that I foresee is uh, with with commercialized and capitalism comes mass production. Mm. Um, And so, like I mentioned earlier, it's important for me to know where my plant came from, how it's grown, what it's grown in, who touches it. All of that. You cannot walk into a dispensary and be told mm-hmm. how it was grown. What the like? You, you that's just not mm-hmm. what you're gonna get. I don't think it's a bad thing per se, but mm-hmm. that's just not the experience. Um, and I think the last thing I've noticed is um, sativas mm. are hard to come by. They are. And when you get a hold of them, they're very expensive. For what reason? And so I've been, I know the reason, but I've been just like, you know, mm. testing out different dispensaries and getting like people's perspectives. Yeah, looking just, at. It's like just touching on that more. Like I've just heard the general sense of like, they're harder to grow. Yeah. So like, most, I but I've never like really. They like, require more patience. More Sativas definitely require more patience, mm-hmm. generally take more time, mm-hmm. energy, um, not as resilient as indicas are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that reason, when you think about mass production and commercializing, what do they want to do? Fast, easy, mm-hmm. bigger crop, you know, so forth and so on. Um, and so that's why when you go to even very popular dispensaries, like I just went to one, I'm not going to name it, but I just went to one recently and like, mm-hmm. there was not one sativa available. Whoa. Not one. That's ghetto. Um, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. So, which I think creates a market for someone like me who loves sativas, loves growing sativas. Um, I mean, I can see myself like selling to a dispensary per se. I don't want to run one, but mm. I would like to be able to provide that for people who enjoy like 
that's mainly I would say eighty seventy five percent of the time. Like that's mm-hmm. what I choose to smoke is a sativa. Same. So ain't nobody's trying to be sleep all day. Yeah, I don't I like to be sedated. To I wanna be medicated, you know. For real. For real. Um and so that's why I like sativas. But yeah, definitely requires some some patience. Mm. So that's why you won't see them in the dispensaries like that. Yeah. And then I think now is a good time to transition into your many, what do you call it, creations? Like, creations? What do you mean? Like, I mean, you got... You oh, got oh, what I've created. Yeah, 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 like I don't know what's the word for it. So, your, your goods, your yeah. craft goods, what do you call so, them? Uh, long, long story short, I told you guys that I basically create all of this from trim. Um, I was not able to recover a lot of, like, I was, like I told you, I was growing pounds. <laughs> um, Sheesh. but what I was able, I was able to recover a fraction of that. Uh, what I was able to recover was a lot of the trim. They didn't know what to do with it or how to use it. So I was able to recover quite a bit of it. Um, my sister is, I, I call her a chef by trade. Um, but she, Basically, I hired her to decarb and do recipe development and specifically figure out like what fats, what oils mesh best with cannabis, what oh. extracts the most. Oh. Um, and so that's when I started playing around with the oils, recipes. And so that's why you get the Rice Krispie treats. These are, this is her love. This oh is, my God. this is her. They are so cute. Um, and then. I wanted to make capsules because I just wanted to create something that was uh, very clean, non-smoking, um, organic, mm. and I was like, well, if this oil is great. Branded, 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 branded. <laughs> <laughs> if the oil is greater than the Rice Krispies, then I'm going to try capsules. Mm. Um, and so I found some vegan capsules that are like great to hold oil. Mm. and I, when my sister processes the oil and the cannabis, I know exactly, she tests exactly the milligram, mm. so the milliliter. Mm. <laughs> and so I've been able to create capsules okay. at 3 milligrams, 6 milligram, and 12 milligram. Okay. Um, and for me personally, I started taking these regularly, like as a vitamin mm. around Christmas. No depression. Mm. Uh appetite is maintained mm. it's kind of replaced it's like almost i feel like it, it's kind of doing what the psychedelics do for me mm-hmm. but it's mm. like way less if that makes sense yeah um i'll smoke that. less than half like i used to smoke like six months like full blunts a day mm-hmm. now i smoke like two blunts with flat with herbs in them wow um it's like just changed my life you know i don't want to be like gassing but like it's really like guess oh <laughs> shit i don't know it's, it's, worse and worse. it's it's micro dosing for real and it's it's clean and it, i feel like it does what it needs to do yeah it's always good to like figure out like what works for you yeah and that's kind of what i want to provide to people it's just opportunity to you know, medicate according to what you need. Fire. Yeah. 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 You have any advice to somebody who's like, maybe just trying to like, think about their relationship with cannabis and like how they can use it to like heal. Mm. Cause I think a lot of us, you know, 
might be in the plant and around a plant. We might even smoke the plant a little bit here and there, but we're still scared of it. Mm. So what advice do you have to someone who's like, I kind of want to consider this like a regular thing, but I don't want to get like too into it. Like. Uh, I'll see your question. Um, say move at your pace. Like don't, don't consume or think about it based on what people other people are doing like what's expected you know thanks um and be intentional i think the biggest thing for me is be intentional like Mm -hmm. to me that's the greatest honor to the plant Mm -hmm. is be intentional Mm -hmm. um it's like when you take care of your food it takes care of you when you take care of your plant when you take care of your weed herbs however you want to look at it yeah it takes care of you yeah i think that's that's first and foremost okay all right so i think now we can get into our Rapid fire questions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so first off, do you have a favorite strain? Ooh. Or a combo? <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay, so I guess I gotta tell the story. Okay. <laughs> so it's not rapid. <laughs> so the two strains that I started and that I, you know, in all of these products um, is Blue Dream. Mm-hmm. which everybody pretty familiar with. It's pretty famous, uh, known, mm-hmm. popular strain, um, especially in the West Coast. And then there is this... Okay, so when I got these seeds, <laughs> there was supposed to be Blue Dream. Like, that's what I thought that I was growing. Mm-hmm. It turns out that it was Blue Dream and something else. Oh. And so I've named that strain Pink Bunny. Oh. Pink Bunny, based off what I've... Based off, like, what I've studied is, like... I named it off of, like, Energizer Bunny. You feel focused, a lot of energy. Um, so I would say that that by far is my favorite strain so far. If you've had like Jack Hair, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, uh, or Green Crack. I think I've had like high potent yeah. sativas. Only like once. Um, I don't know. That's that, that shit is thing. <laughs> yeah. That's next. Yeah. That's next on my list. Pink Bunny. Yeah. Okay, bet. And what do you watch or listen to when you're elevated? Ooh. <laughs> okay, when I'm really, really high. I don't know. I've been really like into Fresh Prince lately. Ooh. Um, Wait, new one or old one? Old one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no offense, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I've seen both. I honestly haven't even seen that one. To be real. But. Uh, oh, okay. Ah, sorry, sorry. I ain't missing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Um, what else do I like? I mean, I'm always going to go for some Bob's Burgers. Ah, me. Mean... <laughs> uh, if I'm like mad high, like tripping, that's like uh, <laughs> what I like to, to tone, zone out on. Um, living single. I've also been into that a Ooh. lot lately. Okay. Uh, I don't know. That might be it. Okay. Yeah. Those are some good ones. And then, how and when do you like to partake? Like, is it smoking, edibles, dabs, Mm. vaping in the morning, in the night? Right now, my regimen is like... Your regimen. (laughs) I take about... I don't know, anywhere from 12 to 18 milligrams by capsule. Mm-hmm. And throughout the day, I might smoke two blunts. Mm-hmm. 
And then later in the afternoon, I might enjoy another 12 milligrams. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of where my day is. Now, also, yeah. I've, I've realized this more and more. I say I'm weed rich, and I don't say that in like a conceited <laughs> way, but like, if you walk in my kitchen, there's candied like nuts. Oof. There's olive oil that is infused. There is a lot of, because I'm filling capsules all the time, there's just some fridge shelf full of infused butter so i'm like always surrounded by it so i think i definitely like consume i mean every time i cook i'm seasoning in a skillet <laughs> with the fucking olive oil so like a nigga be like you know always medicated <laughs> we uh, but like what i'm consciously um consuming mm-hmm. every day is mm-hmm. you know the capsules and a okay. couple blunts yeah. okay yeah okay weed rich. <laughs> weed rich i know that's right and then, I guess, lastly, can you plug us to, you know, if you have a website or socials, events, just uh, ways to connect with you? Yeah, yeah. I am um, only on Instagram right now. It's Dope Boy Healer. Yeah. Um, Dope Boy with an I Healer. Um, pretty much anonymous and off social media right now um, for my own safety. And... Uh, Really, just give myself some space and time to, to do me, and um, I do I do post like my story and my journey on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I see your little capsules. Yeah, yeah. So y'all can see like things. what I'm working on and like what's you know what's happening in real time. I know a, a big big weight is just me having flower again. So uh, I'm definitely keeping everybody zoned in on there. When I want to, you'll see that. Nice, <laughs> I nice. post when I feel like it. Uh, but definitely hit the DMs. I'm there if you have any uh, questions about, you know, what I do. And if you want to connect with me personally. Hey. Well, thank you so much, T. This was so dope. Like, ah. <laughs> I really appreciate it because I know you was going through it and life be rough. And it's like, <laughs> thanks, Justin. Um... Yeah, this is dope. But yeah, yeah, you deserve to talk your shit. People deserve to hear oh, hear about you. And I'm so fucking honored that like it's here. Cause like I think like this season we've been so careful. Like I've been so careful about like the people coming in, and mm. every person we've talked to has like just said some dope ass shit. Mm. Like it's mm. like people are out here talking the truth, talking their own truth, like. Y'all are just so cool. 